Hey there, folks. Episode 135 of the Uticast. It's the Do It For Utica special, I suppose. Even though I said no more special episodes. What do you want from me? I'm a simple man. My show has been hijacked this week, folks. Various guests from all over the place. We have Mark Caswell joining us. Also, Katie Riley and Justin Parkinson, the infamous one, come back Ooh. for another boo, for another appearance. Uh, also, we're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about how I got hacked. We're talking about uh, Anthony Brindisi. We're talking about government shutdown, history lessons. Lessons, the Razzies, and who could have played Doc besides Christopher Lloyd. All this and more. It's the Uticast, folks. We are happy to have you back. Oh, yeah. episode of the Uticast. I, as always, am your host, producer, writer, editor, Sam Famolaro, and joining me this week is not Kevin and Heather, at least not, well, he's knocking, he's knocking on the is table. Is the door? Is, it, is that the door? Are you doing yeah. the door, Justin? It's sound effects. Don't you know how to do it? I thought you you know, my whole gimmick when I came on here was I was just going to talk only to Kate and ignore you the whole time, <laughs> and you've already forced your way onto the show. I just get the attention, and then... From there, I'm, I'm good now. I have your attention. <laughs> Welcome to episode 135, the Do It For You To Go Weekend special, I suppose, uh, featuring this week's interview, Mark Caswell, and of course, a visit here from our good friends, uh, the bosses at Maine Utica, my bosses. I refer to you guys as my bosses. Oh, I do. Listen, I I don't listen to anything that Justin tells me, because <laughs> I, I just can't. But when you tell me to do something, Kate Riley, I do it. So, Katie, it's always nice to see you. Welcome I back like to, to the show. I like to think of asking you to do things. I don't, I don't like don't to think me. that I tell you to do yeah. things. I get yeah. different philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Justin, of course, you just command me to do different yes. things. It's nice to have you guys. I don't think I ever have you guys together on a show somewhere. Yeah, we don't like to be seen I was going to say, it's very rare. <laughs> very minimal amount of content. <laughs> Ten minutes, uh-huh. hopefully. So, of course, we're here to talk uh, for a minute before we get into the show. Uh, by the way, Heather's not here this week. Shout out to Heather. Sorry, she, uh, Kaz has a, a fever. Yeah, I yeah. heard that. Poor yeah. little guy. Children are disgusting. This <laughs> <laughs> is another reminder. I think the last time I was on here talking about it, they're full of disease. Stay away from them if you can, unless you're their parents, I guess. Heather, Wash your hands, everybody. Heather, your kid's great, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Heather, yeah. Your kid's it doesn't great, take though. away from <laughs> overall. So, Heather, that child break, get well so. soon to Kaz. It's fine, is the point. So, um, we're going to hear talk, uh, before we get into the show with me and Kev, with some of the other stuff we were going to talk about, I guess we can talk a little bit about Do It For Utica Weekend, which is coming up this weekend, January 27th, Saturday, from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. At, is it in the tavern, or is it at the brewery? How's it's it? in the tour center. In the tour center. Yep. All right, very good. I like how you're asking questions, hopefully as an interviewer and unbiased versus just genuinely not knowing. I mean, is I'm, this research or are you actually asking her for the first time? I like how you can't have any conversation. It's not like a meta conversation. <laughs> like, Why can't you just answer the question? Like, yeah, it's going to be a great time, Sam. Like, I don't know. You're never earnest. Just show up to the brewery. They'll, <laughs> we'll tell you where to come. Oh, you can't miss it. Yeah, you'll definitely be able to find it. <laughs> So, uh, if you want to, if you can be serious for just a minute, I guess, Katie, I'll ask you, yeah. uh, can you give us a quick rundown of what we can sort of expect for the, for the day on Saturday? Well, yeah, sure. We're taking over the brewery. Um, we're going to be in the tourist center, like I mentioned, so we're going to try to be out of the way of the tour, so tours are still happening, and 
gift shop still open, but we're going to just be a big part of what's going on there. We're going to have, um, you know, well, we just wanted to throw a party. So we're going to have mm, like nice. music, of course. We're going to have a art show with um, good friend of the pod and just good friend in general, um, Retro Sorrento, Maria Felice. So this kind of came about because Justin and I went to go get mugs over the winter for presents and mm. uh she started showing us some of the sketches that she's done for the Saranac label yeah, so she's, she's the best she's super talented she's bought over 20 different mm. bottles cans and boxes so far with mm. with more in the works so um she's going to be kind of showing off some of the processes and different designs and sketches she has like sketches from start to finish oh, yeah. so like well you'll literally be able to look at her first drawing until what it looks like on the mm. bottle. So the the actual portfolio that she has of the amount of awesome. work that goes into awesome. it should be a pretty interesting thing in itself to see. So and like other design options and you know certain labels obviously take a lot longer than others just to get the right feel for. Mm. So that's going to be really mm. cool and um, you know we always like to work with her. So that was an, an easy tie-in. Plus the brewery mm. is yeah her, shout out her thing. The, yeah shout out of course to uh, all our friends at the brewery for letting us do this. Shout yeah, out to GFOP Cliff, or Kevin, he'll be out here in a moment. Don't yeah, say come anything. over, take over his show, take over his place of employment, take over where he lives. I'm gonna <laughs> sleep in his bed tonight. This is all very common behavior room. for you. I, I just he's. How did you even end up in this apartment above me? Because we told you about it. We let you come in. Yep. it was my mistake. No, I should never let this, you come in. I know. Now this show, Kevin, you don't even need Kevin for the rest of the show. Just <laughs> all right, all right. After we're done here, just okay. nobody cares. All right, all right. Well, relax. we do need him for one thing. We need him to pick out the items that we're gonna be auctioning off. Yes. And nobody really knows what those items are nope, yet. Nope. That's, so, coming uh, we that's coming this week. Yeah. We yeah. yep. yeah. That's coming so this week. We're going to be... Um, Can I push newsletter subscribers? We're going to tell yeah. newsletters people yeah. first. The yeah. newsletter yeah. underrated, yeah. by the way. Yeah. We don't talk enough about so the fact that you guys produce It's right on yet. the main homepage. Just put your email in there. For God's yeah, sakes. sign up and get first dibs on everything. But we're going to be doing a silent auction of um, vintage and just crazy stuff from the Saranac archives, attic. We've, we've done a couple tours. Oh, yeah. You might have seen the... Some of the videos that we've done. Oh, yeah. So, do we want to talk about that video at all? How we feel about it? Do we think it, do we think it scared people? I think people are, like, I think people are concerned for our sanity. It should be. <laughs> it was intended to be weird. And, and it is it. weird. It is and weird. it is weird. There was no point that we went into that without any intention of presenting what you saw. Like, we started right off the bat with just full on... You were the first bit. So, like, we didn't go backwards after that. No. To, be fair, I mean? though, so. to be fair, though, I think I can... I'm Sam might agree with me. Like it was even you made it the editing even weirder. Like yes. you <laughs> totally like took the clips of what we did and just like put them out there. Well, I remember like some of the stuff we were going through because we're trying to explain because we came up with like bits in a script of a general idea of what you want characters to be well, like, and then everybody takes their character and does what they want with it. Yeah. Well, know? to pull the curtain back, like we when we were talking to UK, it was like just do Joan Kalamazoo from yeah. Parks and Rec, yeah. and I was up until we walked in to shoot that, I had a different character in mind. Like we were talking about like doing like a Michael Buffer or like a gambling, yeah, 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 like yeah, addict, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was only later there that was I some real problems. I watched that Dan Aykroyd sketch from Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. from back in the day where he's like. He works for Mainway Toys, and they sell all these dangerous toys, yeah, yeah. but he is, like, selling them as, like, they're not dangerous. Like, yeah. like ah, what about this toy, Mr. Mainway? Bag of glass. He's like, nah, bag of glass is great. You give it to your kids, you get your hands caught up, and that's sort of... And that was, like, <laughs> ten minutes before we always, walked in. Yeah, and then, well, that was the concept, too, yeah. is that you would always mm-hmm. be able to spin something. That's why we go back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to sell whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I just want everyone to know like, how easily Sam pulled it off. Like for me and Jill, <laughs> me and Jill did a lot of prep and uh, a lot of takes on that. And, and Sam literally just stood up in front of the camera and you were just, the first I, one was, I didn't even want to go after that. I was like, just let Sam do the whole it video. Like two takes or two, two scenes and three takes. We did two we scenes. Do, that's it. Well, yeah. you know what? Here's the thing. And this is going to sound a theater and you know, the improv. Yeah, it's true. And so that's yeah. Musical theater stuff. Well, I think also and this is going to sound, I'm not trying to get too like into it. Then don't. When I walked, <laughs> then don't. When I walked in there, I started. I've been thinking about stuff like little bits and like lines, even like for like the, the whole day before. Like, what's some funny stuff I can do? Like when I walked in and did that, like the man myth legend thing. That yeah, was something yeah. I had laughed about last week. I was like, I'm gonna use that somewhere, yeah. some reason, right? So it's weird when you do stuff like that. If you're a nerd like me, you just well, sort of find things and keep them in your mind for later on. The presentation of it too is that it's supposed to be like low budget and like corny and such but like it took a really long time to shoot it and then to edit it and to put all those effects and sound in it so i know when you guys were probably going through it it didn't make any sense whatsoever but hopefully it makes a little well that's funny i'll put it this way this was a very justin parkinson production (laughs) i've already come up with a video for the next thing we're doing for the film series i've already started coming up with an idea i've pitched it to parkinson i think it's going to be good it's going to be a familaro production and i think you're going to love it my idea is very yeah. concrete. It's funny right though. Every video kind of takes a different person's, you know, point mm-hmm. of view. Like ET was totally TK, yes. and he took that. Yeah. He starred in it. He he filmed mm-hmm. it. He edited it. So it's nice, I think, when when different team members can kind of mm-hmm. have their own spin on things. And when we know each other well enough, we can tell what's what. I can yeah. tell. I can tell what's coming from where sometimes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so before I get too far off track, Justin, you did have a purpose for being here. Explain to me why it's called. Do it for you to go weekend. Why please. it's called? Why are you uh, calling it this? What is this all about? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question for Katie. I think she should. <laughs> oh, it's a Kate question. Oh, he's passing the buck with typical Parkinson. Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> two years ago, um, when right around when the original All Star Weekend. Three. 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 Two thousand fifteen. Let me tell it. Let me tell it. Let me tell. It. Let me tell it. I'll so tell you. You guys have a show. It was. <laughs> 2015, right? Yeah, January. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, There was an article prior to that, though, that was the Do It For Utica article, where this guy, Brock Clark, wrote an article for the New York Times. And but it was and it was satire, and which was fine. It's just a lot of people took offense to it. Say, and and the premise of it was, well, they get everybody gets (laughs) everybody gets angry. about remarks in Utica when you <laughs> shit on Utica. Like, if you're from the outside and you say something, like, that's no good. Like, you're allowed yeah, yeah. to sit in the circle and talk about your place, but, like, people from, what, the New York Times? Who's this fancy guy? He doesn't know. But uh, it was the, 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 the article was to just breed because the only way we're going to repopulate is by being a bunch of shut-ins and flannels so, and just repopulating. So do for, it. Yeah, literally do it. Doing it for Utica. That's kind of funny, actually. I'm sorry. I know that's, that's like I know that's kind of funny. It's I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't can, hate it. Yeah, I didn't read it. I'm just going it. on the premise. That's yeah. kind of funny. Such I'm sure it wasn't. Right? Like, I was on the news like three times because of that because I wrote him an angry email and then it went like semi-viral in the little Utica bubble. Utica viral. I love yeah. That. And uh, so it's on... You hit 20 retweets in Utica. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> Big news. the three news sources <laughs> reached the out to me. three outlets pick it up on 20 retweets. Guaranteed. So, I've been on Twitter for a long time and I think the most retweets I've ever gotten to this day is like 80. I'm like a weird See, soccer tweet that yeah. I threw out yeah. once. You gotta, some you random gotta ride the wave, right? You gotta ride like, the wave. Every surfer's got one. <laughs> <laughs> you all got one. And all the other tweets are when you're biffing like your first... You know what I mean? It's like, 
figure does not get it. You know what I think is cool, though, is that um, we did do it for Utica in 2015, mm -hmm. which it was a campaign to promote the city during All-Star Weekend, and um, Eric Flores was a big part of that. Yeah. He, he designed the, the... We had a whole separate site, a mobile you know, app, if yeah. you will. Even further back um, on that, he we were sitting yeah. in Nail Creek, and he just said we should do something for All-Star Weekend. I was like, all right, let's do something. And then the do it for Utica like, kind of fell in yeah, the line yeah. from that. But like, it was just kind of one of those things, like All-Star like just threw an idea out there, like, why not? You know what and, I mean? And now it's coming for a full circle because he's coming back to be part of our, our Makers and Shakers showcase at this year's Do It For Utica. So everything, nice. we like to really um, tie the ends up here with, with events and um, tie things together as good as we can. So, yeah, he's just one of, I think we have, like, eight or nine different vendors coming, um, people doing things. We, we specifically invited certain people who are, um, just doing things a little differently. Either they're new businesses or they are um, growing businesses. Character Coffee is coming. Um, She's bearing the lead on the makers and shakers thing. Like the premise of some of these two are that they should and will be making things and doing things on hand. So whether it be uh, coffee or food or whatever, like mm -hmm. there should I was be. Getting there. I know you, you buried it. That's the off. point of bearing the lead. You always that's, cutting me off. When you bury the lead, you don't. You haven't gotten there. That's the. That's okay. why it's buried. <laughs> January 27th, folks, Saturday, uh, 12 p.m. Uh, Hands-on experience. <laughs> 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Stop by Saranac Brewery in the Tour Center. Come see us. Go to MadeInUtica.com yeah. for more details. One thing, though, this wouldn't be possible without Bennigan's, so I just oh wanted to take a minute. We're not getting paid by Bennigan's. I don't know why they got so much play in that video. Hey, how's your coupon book coming? Doing okay? Are we ready for coupon book or what? What's hey, up? yeah, we announced some events today. So go on our Facebook page. We did announce a lot of events today. I saw that. Yeah, we passport party, mm -hmm. uh, downtown get down. So go and, uh, hmm. you know. The dates are set. Save the date. Put it in your that date. That puts us. Put it in your date book. Months ahead of months schedule. <laughs> months ahead of schedule. Yeah. All right, great. Thank you guys for coming in, hijacking 15 minutes out of my normal show. It's always nice to see you guys. I'm looking forward to Mark. There you go. I am as well. He had a nice time talking to him. All right, folks. We'll be back in a second with me and Kevin uh, to get into the, I guess you'd call it the rest of the show. Do it for you to go. Do it for you to go. show has sort of been hijacked for me by circumstances. This show has 100% been hijacked. Hijacked for me. Taken over. <laughs> this show has been stolen for me this week. You've just been bullied. Hey, you know, gotta take one for the team sometimes. It's the way she goes. So Heather is not here. Uh, Heather's uh, wonderful son, Kaz, has come down with the flu or the fever. He's not feeling good. So we told her Stay home. Be able to handle it. Be able to handle it. Plus, it's, don't uh, bring that fever over here. No, don't bring the fever. I don't need... <laughs> I don't... I got a fever. Oh, no. Uh, no, I'm not oh, going to do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. That's it. That's all I'll do. I'll just... Off just the taste. rails at 39 seconds. Just a taste. Just a little taste. So, uh, I don't know if this will be the first or second segment. Probably the second segment. So, oh, Kevin yeah? is... Yeah, Kevin's nice to see you. 
Okay. Yeah, it's, it's better if it's the second. <laughs> the second. second. Okay, that's it was weird. the second. Uh, segment. Yes, it's nice to see you too. How's things, man? You had uh, to sit through a whole Liverpool game just now. <laughs> things are good. I did. I sit. I sat through a Liverpool game. I sort of stopped paying attention after the other team scored, and nothing was really happening. Um, as happens sometimes with soccer games, man scores early, and then nobody does anything for a long time. It's the way she goes. Uh, Liverpool lost. Bad for you. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. L. I knew you were excited about that game. Three o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday. You know, this is actually the worst possible time for there to be a game. This happens once or twice a year at Liverpool. You get a weird Monday game, and it's right in, like, the time I get home from work, but before I need to start getting ready for the podcast. Right. And then once Liverpool went down 0-1. You knew. I was like, I'm just going to start working on the podcast. <laughs> and it worked out, because now we can uh, presumably get done a little earlier for reasons that will be made clear as we go on through the rest of the show. No, not through the rest, because this is the end. No, 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 no. This is the second of three segments, so we're going to come back. You're in segment two and three, and then Katie and Justin oh, are at okay. So we're bringing. Okay, I see yeah, what's happening. Yeah, it's a whole All thing. Right. So a couple of things. I don't have a whole bunch of notes because I did want to talk about the government shutdown, but apparently it's back open as of earlier today. But they're we'll back get, on. They're back on. We'll the get, government's back on. We'll get back in it. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, okay. Let's start with a couple of things I wanted to discuss right off the bat with you. Number one. The teams are in for the Super Bowl for two weeks from now. We uh, Yes, the Eagles and the Patriots. The Eagles and the Patriots. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl in two weeks, Kevin? Um, it's it's going to be... I hope that the Eagles win and they burn <laughs> Philadelphia to the ground. Um, <laughs> I hate the Patriots. I'm oh, real sick so of it. I also, you know what else I hate, though, to be fair? I don't like football that much it's at true. all. It's true. So it'll be over soon. That's always good. Um, but I'm pulling for the Eagles. Never pulling for the Patriots, ever. Uh, so this is a weird scenario. I, I do hate the Patriots a lot. Um, and this was really disheartening because, you know, I, I did watch most of the New England-Jacksonville game under the hopes that Jacksonville would win and I would suddenly be interested in the Super Bowl all of a sudden. Because if Jacksonville had won, I would have cared about the second game, the Eagles-Vikings game. But once New England won and did it in predictably evil, disgusting corporate like New York, New England Patriots fashion, I was just so disheartened that I was like, I don't even care who wins the next game. I don't care if it's the Eagles or the Vikings because they're going to lose to Tom Brady and the Evil Empire. To the Brady Machine. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not fun. It's not fun anymore. No, it's not. It, you know, uh, it's just tough. And and it doesn't help that Mr. Man no. Utica is out there on Twitter live streaming the game for the first time in ten years because all of a sudden it's a game that matters and the Patriots are winning. Right. Right. Ah, man. There's no winners in this Super Bowl. There's no winners. And I said that... The winners are the people that get to go to the fun Super Bowl parties. Don't care about the game. Don't care about anything else. Go hang out with the people. Socialize. (laughs) Yeah, and that's fine. And that'll be fun. They win. Those are the winners. I think my problem is that there's no rooting option for me either because both the Patriots and the Eagles are notoriously terrible fan bases. And this is from a guy who is technically a member of the, quote, Bill's Mafia, unquote. And I still think that... See, he, I, I, it seems like it would be a no-brainer for a Bills Mafia guy to cheer for the Eagles. The Eagles have also got a similar, like, unhinged, off-their-meds yeah, lunacy yeah, you know what, though? in their fandom, and you both hate the Patriots together. It's undeserved, though, because New England is... A, or, the, the Eagles have been good, and they've been successful in the past. They just can't win the big game. The Bills have been terrible for, like... How, how is that not the Bills? The Bills have Bills been have successful in the past, but they couldn't win the big game for four straight years. You have 18 you just, years. No, you just made my point. Uh, 18 years of fans who have not had any reason to think that they're going to do anything. The Eagles have made it to Super Bowls. They had good quarterbacks. They were successful. Uh, when? 10, 12 years ago? I mean, they make the playoffs way more, way more regularly than the Bills. They don't have the tortured fan base <laughs> the Bills do. They're just jerks. <laughs> they're just like loud jerks. 
I don't know. I'm not a fan of either fan base. I think base. you're off base. Uh, I think I think you are Eagles fan. I think base. I'm on base about how much I hate the Eagles mm. fan base. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, that being said, uh, I predict <laughs> the game will be. You want to give a prediction while we're out here? Uh, I'm going to say 27-21 New England. Uh, yeah, that's fine. They'll come from behind in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in annoying fashion. They're going to win. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say yeah. what the score might be. Uh, uh, War for New England, probably. Uh, yeah, I just I don't see any reason why New England wouldn't win. Uh, all right, so that's it. No more Super Bowl talk until it actually happens, I suppose. Although... Timberlake's doing the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. I didn't talk about it when I found out. Yeah, your Kinda, boy. I'm into that. Should be a good show. He's got a new album out. You know, it's called. It's called like Man of the Woods. <laughs> it's like you're not a man of the woods. You, I, you know, I saw he put out that whole thing where I saw the video that he put out that was all over the internet where he's like, man, he's you know, man of the woods. He's out there like wearing animal skins and burning like fires and teepees and in the woods and looking all rugged. <laughs> And like it makes you think, and he's like, "Yeah, this is you know music inspired, uh, you know inspired by my home and by the woods and by the country and whatever." Then you come out, and it's the same stuff. This he's is got Timbaland, Pharrell, and all these guys, and that's fine. <laughs> but like, why would woods? you say you would think it would sound different? Uh, all right, so I'm going to share a story with the listeners that you knew about. I had a rough go this week. It's been a rough week for your boy family. You got yeah. hacked. I got hacked. My, my, I won't say which one. It's one of the few. Online cash sharing services. There's only like four of them. There's like PayPal and Venmo and the Cash App and whatever, right? Whatever, one of those kind of things. Sure. Got hacked. Somebody attempted to steal money from your boy. Uh, How now, much money? Thousand bucks. They tried to steal a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars from your boy. Now, that's cold. Lucky for them. Lucky for me and for them. I didn't have a thousand dollars. So, and when you're when you're <laughs> jokes on you. When you're a broke guy, here's a little trick about broke folks. You don't know. You'd think that when you're broke, you don't look at your bank statement because you're sad or scared about it. False. The opposite. You are constantly monitoring your bank statement at all False. times. At all times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was very aware to me when I woke up in the morning and I was at like negative some absurd amount of money, like five, four, five hundred dollars. Hmm. I certainly didn't spend that much money overnight. Well, I was sleeping. Well, I was asleep at three a.m. But uh, you know, I, I I did all the proper procedures, and as of today, everything's back to normal. What if you ordered it in your sleep? What if you had an Alexa in your room that was hooked up to Amazon Prime, and you were talking in your sleep, making Alexa orders, and they sent it? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Like that's probably what's going on, right? Like I was probably just like, like I mean, I had like I was thinking about. But you don't have uh, an Alexa, so I don't think that's what happened. Maybe it picked up on the Fire Stick in your room. I was talking really loud. I don't think so. I say a lot of stuff in there. They're not saying anything I'm talking about, Uh, thankfully. You know, joking around, though, I I was really frustrated. Yeah, Like, this was... And not even for the nothing else that I had to, like, go around and, like, live on cash for a bunch of days because it takes, like, three days to transfer money back and forth between, like, cash accounts and your bank account. Um, But I couldn't even... I couldn't put money in the account because all it would do is take away from the deficit, and I still couldn't use my card, right? right? It's, it's such... Oh, my God, I was... So you couldn't go... You can't go, like, cash a paycheck at that point, because they're just going to snatch that for the... Yeah, the yeah. Debt, the, the hacker... Yeah, yeah. That's awful. It was terrible. And I'll tell It definitely took, like, two days away from me at work. Like, last oh, yeah. week. Like, I was like, ah, these two days are lost, because oh, all yeah. I can think about is this kind of stuff. Uh, it is funny, though, and the only thing I did think about a lot when this happened was... We talk about all the time, like how quickly we've turned over like our infrastructure with everything we do at work and banking and everything, yes. and shopping to the internet. 
And this is the kind of stuff that was going to happen to people when this is when this happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. I handled it. Nothing really happened in the end. I got through it. I didn't lose anything. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, lost to the world for four days. Because it ruined my week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, didn't, it wasn't the money. It was the, the time, right? <laughs> it's tough, man. This is... It's rough. I didn't. I didn't. Now I'm like paranoid to do anything but use cash. Now I feel like I'm gonna be like. I actually. I. I remember we're not naming the. You said you're not gonna name what happened. Let's call it the Cash App. Why not? Yeah, sure. Um, I was gonna sign up for that same famous Cash App that everybody uses the other day, and I didn't apprehensively because I'm like, ah, they just got a bunch of money from Sam. I'm not getting out here. Now you know what, and that's the thing that like bothered me too, because like I love using it, right? Like I use it for a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's useful, and I enjoy having the access to it. So when like I told my mom or everyone else about it, they're like, you gotta get rid of that stuff. I'm like. Yo, though, that's like, not. That's no. not like I can't just. They get, can get you anyway. They can get me regardless, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was tough to get hacked. Uh, I saw an article they were saying. You know what you got to be on the watch for? You got to watch for wherever you swipe your card. Anything you yes. go to put your card in, because they got those mm-hmm. pieces that fit over them. <laughs> yeah. So they say that every time in this yeah. article, they said every time you encounter a place where you'll have to swipe your card, the ATM machine, that you yeah. have to try to break it off. First. <laughs> yeah, they're like give it, you know, like really yank on it. So I'm sitting, I'm thinking about being at the grocery store on a busy. I went to the grocery store yesterday. It was Sunday. It was mm-hmm. pretty busy in there. You know, long line, getting a bunch of stuff. I'm just picturing who's gonna be that <laughs> asshole that's in there and like hang on before. I swipe for these groceries in the middle of Hannaford. I'm just trying to break like the card slide off. See, I have two scenarios in that. One is that you're sitting there trying to break it off, and what you do is actually break the real ATM, right? Like you. They so well, they were saying the real ATM stuff is like unbreakable, unbreakable, right? So is that like, what I it mean, is? maybe not the little you know fragile card readers at your local gas station, but if you were to go to like, a bank. like the outdoor ATMs, yeah. I mean, think about it. Somebody could roll up on one of those, I suppose, or any ATM yeah. machine. Give it a good yank, or like the gas pumps or something, because that's how they get you. Um, but the other one is, what if you're the guy who actually, like you're in a line of people, and you are the guy who figures that out, and everyone in the line, you're, like, you're a hero, right? If there's like a line of people behind you at the ATM, and you're like, yo, yo, look, I mean, <laughs> I just, I saved everybody. Like, I feel like that's a big moment. I don't know if they'll put you on late night, but those people will certainly be appreciative. Put you on Reddit, get some good karma. Theoretically. Theoretically. All right. So yeah, PayPal. Just be wary of what. Always keep an eye on what you're what you're doing. That's the only thing I can say. Change your passwords a lot, and just keep it. Keep all your eye. money in cash and keep it in your house. <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't do that, so don't come to my house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would never do that. I guess that's the problem though too. You can't keep it in cash. Then people, you know, what are you gonna do? What if you've got a fire? You gotta get like a safe. Any cash you find at my house is fool's cash. It's fake. Yeah. My cash is off premises somewhere. You can else. buy duffel bags full of fake cash, like. <laughs> $300,000 in fake cash for like $25 on Amazon. That looks pretty real to fill in a duffel bag. That's pretty good. All right, so I just want to address something from last week. Uh, again, I want to thank Assemblyman, Assemblyman Brindisi for coming in last Ooh. week. Yeah, yeah. Had a good time last I week. I saw Assemblyman Brindisi and Joe Marino. They were picking up dinner. I ran into them on Saturday night. Where, Zanus? Uh, Zanus, yeah. The best. They were right in front of me in there getting food. Uh, so I had a great time talking to Assemblyman Brindisi and... Um, you know, uh, he was pretty open and honest during the interview, and he he had you know he's pretty openly very excited. It seems like for the downtown hospital now, uh, because of this, uh, I noticed this week that we got a little bit of play on the No Downtown Hospital page for our interview with him. And before I get in, I'm not going to say anything negative because I have to admit I think the discourse about what was said on the interview between me and Mendisi and the way they handled it on the internet was very responsible. I didn't see anything on there that wasn't totally unreasonable. So. 
shout out to you guys for not just like throwing pitchforks and torches up at us for having an open conversation. So I appreciate that. Sure. Uh, however, <laughs> I want to say something to Ray Jadwick. It was very clearly a joke. Like, Ray Jadwick is out here thinking... Well, that was... That, I don't know who specifically said what, but I saw the first person that posted it because Brindisi retweeted the the podcast yeah, yeah. tweet last week. Which is very nice of him. And, he, and because I joked after the interview, I'm like, oh, man, this guy's coming on. I want perks when he gets to Washington. I want an office, and <laughs> yeah. I want to go to the State of the Union and all this. Uh, I, I, for anybody who listens to the show yeah. and thought that I was seriously trying to bribe politicians or meant anything serious by that... You need to get outside. <laughs> Go take a walk around the block. Like you're too, you're too ginned up. Well, like, you're too frothed up over this whole thing. You've got to take a break because obviously everybody here is kidding. It's not that serious. The thing that cracked me up is that his retweet was very clearly him just doing Diamond Joe Quimby from The Simpsons. Like he was like, I promise all sorts of perks to my friends at the Utica. Like he was like, we were joking about that. It's, like, it's, and and it's, they're out there like, look at, look this. at this. This proves bribes. Maybe like, Utica's complicit. It's let me like, tell you all right, right now. All right, I, guys. I ain't make no money. No, no, no. no. I, I would say that, uh, actually I have to admit that most of the, uh, that especially our buddy Brett, you know, Brett's been a big fan of Made in Utica in general. Sure. And he supports us. So, and he was pretty defensive about how like you know this show doesn't represent everything that we talk about made you do this just represents what i want to talk about with you and on my show you know i, what I mean? did hear that we have a fan club we have a fan i club? heard that, that we're the fan club the main Utica fan club oh that was another thing they were saying yeah we got a fan club so we're gonna have to start sending things out in the mail the fan club yeah is it a sarcastic fan club very sarcastic oh. fan club yeah yeah interesting yeah huh I mean, that's been living for a while. Like, not without any real... No, like, I'm saying that's what they were saying in the in the um, post about the show from last week. It was like, oh, trying to, you know, sideline the Maiden Utica fan club. So we're the Brindisi and the hospital fan club is what we are. Ah, well, to be fair, that's not... Well, I am. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, me specifically, and that's fine. I'll take that on me. Right. I'll take the heat on me. But I do support the fact that anyone who wants to have an opinion on this show can have an opinion on this show. Well, that's kind of, I think you're right about that, because that's the idea, and that's kind of what I'm getting at, is, you know, just because somebody has an opinion yeah. one way or another doesn't mean that somebody's like a, a you know, completely blind sure. and deaf cheerleader who's, you know what I mean, just hmm. mindlessly being like, this is what I want, and like some sort of zealot about it. Yeah. You can have an opinion, and you can disagree, and you can discuss it, as long as you're going to have, you know, honest conversations about it. That's all. Yeah, look, you know, I don't always even agree with people we have on the show in general. Like, people come on the show all the That's time. That's an excellent point. It's a great point. There's an excellent point. We do have some guests sometimes that I very deeply disagree with, but... You let people talk. Right, because the forum is here for people to talk, and that's what we do. So there you go. Uh, again, I was going to talk about the government shutdown before we took a break. Uh, do we but want it's back to? on. Because now we're ba government's back on, right? So at least for now, until the next, is it February 8th, they're saying so is the next So here's what happened. We'll do, we'll do a quick rundown of the deal that, you know, the Democrats voted for. Some of the really hardcore progressive people are upset about it. Yeah. So what happened I've was they voted, there's a three-week continuing resolution that says, okay, we're going to go, we're going to try to figure this out, we can debate the, uh, the DACA bill and figure that out, but we're going to solve funding, we're going to provide funding for the CHIP kids, the Children's Health Insurance yep. Program. For six years. We're going to provide funding for yeah. six years. So now what that says is, yes, of course these idiots are probably not going to negotiate in good faith about DACA, and this is going to be another problem. We might shut down again in another couple weeks, so all the progressives who are upset about that I get it, but everybody knows that. Here's the thing. We provided funding for six years, so now they can't hold hostage 
the chip funding. Right. That's taken care of, so it takes that major card out of the hands of the GOP. And I wish Heather so was here. It's I a know, good move. It's yeah. professional. It's a, it's a coup. You know what I mean? It's, That's it's a big, really good. It's a big deal for Heather. I know she was very for adamant sure. about she's, this. So, she yeah. uses the chip program. There's a lot of people. I mean, it's children. There's... Uh. Politics are crazy right now, man, yeah. but like when you're talking about yeah. kids and their health insurance, that's some like comic book villain yeah. stuff. Uh, so just two points I want to bring up about the government shutdown in general. One, a lot of talk going around about which side's blame, Schumer shutdown, Trump shutdown, all the hashtags and stuff. I read an interesting article on like Newsweek today about how like China is presenting our government shutdown, which is just like, look at America and how like It's true. Like embarrassing it is that they can't keep their government open 100% true and I just want people when we start getting into like the blame game about like oh who's to blame of this it doesn't really matter who's to blame from the outside because we just look like assholes yes <laughs> you know what I mean? so just remember that when we when we're talking about how much we like the you know this wild world we live in now it's there's optics out there that aren't just American optics people are looking at us oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one and this one's a little more lighthearted. Do you have any takes about the clearly staged photos of Donald Trump at his desk working with nothing on his desk, awkwardly holding a telephone? Uh, I, the anybody can look at those and see anything other than than what you're laughing at. Oh my god, it so blows good. my mind. Just like it's very clearly like I, I just want to know what's going through his head when he's holding the phone. Just like yes, yes, I'd love a diet coke. This is amazing. It's just like it's the best photos. So it's it's you can tell it's from somebody who's like staging who who doesn't not used to working like yeah I'm gonna grab the phone look like I'm making deals there's not a paper or a pen <laughs> not, in sight there's no laptop. computer no nothing, nothing there's all. a bare desk the size of a racquetball court and he's just <laughs> gripping that phone with the teeny tiny little hand holding it to his head wearing the hat like he's out there just casually all sons of my eyes in the West Wing got a pop on a mega hat now for sale on the GOP website I've seen a lot of good Biden Obama. Uh, memes on the internet of them oh, yeah. like mock calling him during that. It's a lot of fun. Mm. All right, uh, that's it. I think that's the end of politics for the day. So that's nice. Yeah. Nice little bonus. Uh, all right, let's Wait take a, a quick. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I'm kicking these out of here. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll start. Is a good. I thought it was interesting when Justin told me that you were coming over because the last I saw you two were having like a violent Twitter feud, <laughs> and I think it's nice that you guys buried the hatchet, and that's it's good. I'm glad to see you guys are adults about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we buried the hatchet actually pretty quickly. Um, I made an offhand remark about the the passports, which I was. Even in the argument, I was adamant it was a great idea. So I think I bought like five or six of them and said, hey, go donate them. To somebody, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Get them out there. Well, it's funny. <laughs> the passports are always a funny uh, moment of contention with people. And that it became such a thing 
uh, with us for people talking about the passports that it became a joke around like the <laughs> house, right? Like if I'm giving Justin a hard time, I'm like, why don't you go work on your coupon book? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's become like a thing. So we sort of you're welcome it. for that. Well, you know what's funny? Um, this happened when I was younger too. I used to play in a band back in the day with Kev Sullivan, and um, we played in like a Blink One Eighty Two style <laughs> band. But I had like a low Pearl Jamby voice, and we had all these rival bands that we would play with. <laughs> and this one band looked at us and like, what are you guys, like, Creed 182? And I was mad, but I was like, you know what, that's pretty funny. What was uh, the name of your band? I remember hearing uh, We were Coercion. Coercion, okay. And then The Blueprint. Uh, Never heard we, of The Blueprint. Same band, different kind of <laughs> thing, but pretty much the same guy. Yeah, I remember that, through. the old Proctor crew. Uh, uh, well, actually, it's funny that you say that, because a lot of them were Notre Dame. I was the only Proctor guy. Really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, but I hung out with a lot of those dudes, and a lot of Notre Dame people think that I went to Notre Dame. They're like, didn't you graduate with us? I'm like, no. Not, <laughs> not at, at all. all. <laughs> no, very, not at all. Mark, it's, uh, Mark Caswell, it is nice to have you in the studio. Um, I was going to get into the fact that we went to high school together, but I guess I'll start here with your beginning before we get into anything else. Uh, where were you born? Where were you raised? Yeah, North Utica. Um, North Utica, man. Yeah. Mm. Right on, the, the other side of Utica, right yeah. across the bridge. <laughs> the, for, the forgotten the side. The forgotten side. It's <laughs> yeah. funny. I always, when I came back from Brooklyn, I was like, all right, I'm going to... I grew up in like in South Utica, and when I came back, I was like, I just want to hang in South Utica. Like This is where I want to be for most of the time. Um I have, like, my grandfather lives in North Utica, and I always associate North Utica with my grandfather, but now I work up there, so now I'm driving to North Utica every day, so now I, it's coming all to bear. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks I know are buying houses in North Utica. Yeah, it's good property value right that's, now. That seems to yeah. be the general consensus. It's a lot of great property value. And it's kind of like, it's it's not in Utica, Utica. It's kind of like its own little thing, kind of, which has its perks and negatives. Well, it's got more land. I, I, love, South, I love South Utica because I, I liked growing up with like houses next to each other I don't know why I liked having like a neighborhood when I was a kid um, and I got used to it I do appreciate the the yards that all my friends in North Utica <laughs> seem to have that we don't um, yeah you definitely get that neighborhood feel but you also get a yard too so it's it's a pro so you graduated Proctor 2004 which uh, is the same year I also graduated yep. from Proctor <laughs> although I don't remember us running in too many circles together if I remember correctly no and that's weird because I hung out with a lot of Notre Dame kids too it was I was definitely in a different kind of... I was doing the band thing. Yeah. And I, I always think about that with high school. Like, I tell my kids all the time, I was like, I loved high school. And then when I go back and think about it, I'm like, I really wasn't in high school as often as I thought. Like, I probably should have been, right? Like, I, I liked the idea of high school because I was playing in a band. <laughs> and we graduated, what, 680-something people? Like, that That's, year was insane. That always throws people off, too, where yeah. I'm like, they're like, there's people you graduated with that you don't, like, know. And I'm like, there, there's, like, a lot of people I graduated <laughs> with. I knew, like... 30 people. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. And even then, I only like like half of them. So, yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, I always talk about this with other people, so I guess I'll ask you. Uh, I never thought, I always thought the Proctor stereotype of like troublemaking, problem causing kids was uh, was unfair. Unfair. Do you feel like you got that rep growing up when you were going out into the places like hanging out with Notre Dame folks? Yeah, absolutely. I've made that joke a lot of times yeah. actually. <laughs> like uh, around the area. Hey, you're from around the area? Yeah. Hey, I went to I went to Proctor. Can't can't you tell? <laughs> I make that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I make that joke. People laugh, yeah, but whoa. but yeah, my dad actually delivered to uh, a Coca Cola to all the high schools, like mm. in, the, in the machines and whatnot. And he said, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow any schools under the bus." But he said Proctor was far and away like one of the easiest ones he ever went to. Cause Proctor, it's funny too. I talk about this because I worked in like like the elementary schools and middle schools and stuff like that. A lot of these kids are nervous to go to high school, yeah. and I'm like, listen. 
the image you get of high school on TV where it's like the cool kids and then the nerds and the jocks and all that kind of thing. I'm like, that's not the way it works at a place like Proctor because there's so many people that if there are like 10 kids who think they're cool, everyone else is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, nah, not really. And you get the real life mix of real people. You know, yes. you're dealing with real yes. life. It's not, mm. and not bashing other schools around here, but you get kind of like the, oh. the the paid schools. It's, it's, it's kind of a fantasy. Line. I've talked about it all the time. I'm very yeah. adamant that I think that going to Proctor sort of prepared me when I went to New York City. Afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this. You went to Cortland afterwards. Uh, yeah. Sports management. You you are a big sports guy. I've known that. I know that about <laughs> you for sure. Uh, were you playing sports in like high school and stuff? Yeah, I played for the Proctor team. I was uh, an assistant captain my senior year. For hockey? Yep. We, so you played with like Adam and those guys. Oh, like yeah, Goldstein and all that, man. Yeah. yeah, we probably went 0 21 my senior year. No, the one, there was one year you guys were good, though. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, our yeah. junior year, yeah. That was yeah. a good year. It was a good um, year. So did you play at Cortland as well when you went out there? I didn't. I played played for fun, played for the club team for like a week of practice. And yeah, then yeah. I needed to pay the bills. So I, I had a job. So so no, I let it go. And you were doing sports management? I did my research. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so sports management, you, what are you thinking about at that point in time in terms of like career options? Yeah, I wanted to get into, I mean, you go into that thinking coaching. coaching. You don't really get the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the business side of it, but... But learned that really quickly, really like the communication side of it. Um, I'll never forget my very first class I walked into, and the teachers there wearing two Denver Broncos Super Bowl rings. And yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, actually. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, uh, are you a Yankees fan at all? No. Mets fan? Nope. Who's your team? White Sox. White Sox. Well, yeah. either way, I'm an oddball. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. I went, to a, I went to a Yankees game once, and I was in the stands with a buddy of mine, and one of the guys, one of the ushers, had the Yankees ring on yeah. and we were and we were and my buddy like points it out he's like yo yo look he's got, he's got the ring and the guy like he's, he saw us looking at it and he's like do you want to see it and we're like yeah <laughs> he gave yeah, over and gave it to us like yes <laughs> it was crazy heavy I couldn't believe how yeah. heavy it was so you're doing the sports management thing um, and then also you were really into hockey. You're doing like a hockey Facebook page. Is that sort of how you initially got like your? That was what Parkinson was telling me that you got like a lot of followers on Facebook doing like hockey fan page about bringing oh. hockey to Utica. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when I was um, I was working for ESPN for a couple years, and when oh, I was really? out there, yeah, I still had, obviously had a lot of contacts here, and there started being a rumor about pro hockey coming to Utica, this and that. And I didn't really buy it. And luck would have it. I actually worked 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. at ESPN. Oh, what so, were you doing? Just like a, a stats analyst. Stats analyst, yep. nice. So I went to a Hartford. They were the Whale at the time, Connecticut Whale. They're now the Hartford Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah. I went to a game during the lockout and just kind of sat in a crowd by myself because mm-hmm. my roommate was working. And Mark Messier and John Tortorella sat behind me. And it's just like Mark <laughs> Messier is like a top five all-time player. I'm I'm nerding out as it is. <laughs> and halfway through like the first period, they start talking about a meeting in Utica or about Utica bringing a team, an NHL team into the league, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I started getting in touch with all my contacts, and, and like how Utica is, nothing's a secret. So, no. uh, so everybody had a different piece of the puzzle. So, yeah, I made uh, once I got solid footing that it was done and I had insider information that wasn't out there and I did some um, hard, hard research, I put it out there. I said, hey, this is coming. This NHL thing is coming, yeah. and... Uh, I got a call a few days later. I mean, that thing blew up. It was 3,000 people and offered a job right out of the get-go. So you were, and that was the thing I was, so you were with the Comets at the time that they were at the Calder Cup. And I was trying to, and I I always think about that moment as like, it's an amazing moment in in time for Utica as a thing. I've never seen like that kind of excitement and buzz. And one of the things that I remember telling people, like after they they went to the Calder Cup and didn't win, I was like, 
they might not be as good next year. Just by the simple <laughs> by the simple way of like AA, the way the AHL works, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's impressive the way that I still well, I'll go to a game now and it still it still packs it in pretty well. Yeah, and, and people don't realize the perfect storm that that was. Oh, yeah. um, starting at, a, at the top level, they just fired Gillies and they fired a couple other people, and they 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 got a new GM, new head coach at the time. And the GM wanted his guys in, so yeah, they, yeah. they really banished Lauren Henning and oh man, I can't forget, I can't remember the other guy's name right now to the AHL, and they just mm-hmm. kind of said, you know, whatever. And at that point in time, there's a lot of roster turnovers, a lot of roster spots, so a lot of marginal NHL AHL guys are gonna go to those teams. Sure. So now you got the Bobby Sanguinetti's, the Kale O'Reilly's, the Huskins, mm-hmm. who are thinking they're gonna make the NHL team. They get cut. They sent down. Mm-hmm. The Markstrom thing was a perfect story oh, yeah, too. Mark, like trade, like he had no business being here. <laughs> he was amazing. Yeah, and you had these two guys, Lauren Henning. He's won five Stanley Cups with the Islanders, and and his partner there, who f- po- put all their focus on winning in Utica. Mm-hmm. So now they're making vets trades at the deadline. Corey Conacher. Mm-hmm. You watch pull-up trade deadlines every year at the AHL. You never see trades at the deadline to make the yeah. AHL team bigger. And the, the most underrated thing is the comments right out of the get-go had a two-week stint where they were traveling on the road. Like, I can't remember who it was, but it, was, it wasn't like traveling to Syracuse or Rochester. It was like Oklahoma City right. and yeah. Abbotsford. And it's, those are overnight trips where you bond. And those teams, it happened there. And then when they made the trade for Padan and Acton, they had another one right from the get-go. Mm. So these guys gelled instantly and... And it was just a perfect storm of just skill and timing and everything. Uh, so we have the AHL All-Star game coming back. It's two weeks from now. You were there as well for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? It seems like, you know, the odd was always for a long time before it got revamped. was such an, an odd building. I remember growing up there as a kid. I'm a big wrestling guy. Yeah. Like, so I always associate the odd with, like... Going to watch wrestling. Did you ever do the YouTube WWE Raw from Utica? It's up there. Oh, it's on the network. I've watched yeah. it many times. It's <laughs> it's, uh, cool. it's it's all right. Yeah. Someone uses the, the the drop somewhere for something. Like, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Like, Welcome to Utica. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. So I always I. It's funny to me that like growing up, I remember like my dad wanting to go see like the Utica Devils, right? <laughs> like back in the day. But it always seemed like after the Devils left for a long time, I never really felt like. Back. And then all of a sudden we have this All Star. Not only is the team back, the All Star games there. What, was that that must have been a big deal? Just getting the All Star game to come back to the All. It was. It was. And there there's things I can speak to and things I can't. Mm. Um, but the, there was reasons why we had the All Star game. Oh, yeah. um, Vancouver's three thousand miles away. There's sure. reasons why we had the All Star yeah, yeah, game. For sure. Uh, things that come along with the All Star game is a Board of Governors meeting. At the Board of Governors meeting, there's one representative from every AHL and NHL team there. They're voting on things. It's a big deal. So yeah. it's as much of a showcase as it was for the fans, it's a showcase for certain hmm. other people in the sure. building. Um, so, yeah, having the All-Star game was, was really cool, really wild, but there was definitely reasons behind it. Well, it's interesting because now they're coming back again this year. And so that obviously means they must have felt it was a success the first time, right? Yeah, they, they've... We we did something very unique. You know, I don't want to trash another places. Sure, sure. But I've been to a couple of the All Star games in the AHL, and it's it never lived up to the Utica one. Right. And I say that because of the Turning Stone. That's the huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's twenty minute bus ride away, but now you have these private bars that they opened up. Um, did you ever see a commissioner of a sport singing karaoke while drunk? Uh, not recently. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> at All Star game. Um, yeah, they gave private parties. the The Turning Stone is a top of the line place. Like it's. It, we're spoiled because it's so close, but they do things 100% right. It's yeah. kind of 
I compare it to Disney. You go to Disney, it's done right, and it's a magical thing. And the attorneys doing, don't provide it that. They're not doing events at the attorneys, and just they're keeping people there. No, they're doing a lot of events. There's oh. a lot of things. They do the uh, the Hall of Fame induction, which oh, the is Hall of Fame induction in the there. showroom, which is they is do the a skills challenge show. there too. No, that's at the odds. That's, that's the on ice. Okay. Yeah, right. they'll do that, and they do um, after the skills challenge. They have a private party for just players, staff, and whoever. Mm-hmm. That would be karaoke. That'll be I don't know where it is this year, but last. Uh, when we had it last, it was in um, Tin Rooster. Nice. And then the next day we had, I think that was in, in Tin Rooster too after the All-Star game. It's it's just a big open bar party. It's got to be, I guess it, it's it's tough for me because I, I like the Comets and hockey because I think it's good that people in love the Comets. I don't like hockey in general. Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a hater on hockey, but it's like I'm a, I'm a soccer fan. It's tough for me. I, I rank it down fair farther enough. on the list. So sometimes I don't give it as much credit for what it means to have the All-Star game here. But then I start thinking about it, like, all these other AHL teams and all these other fan bases are going to know about the city and the stadium and the team now. So I guess, optics-wise, it's good in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anytime, I'm a big believer there's no such thing as bad press, Mm -hmm. especially for a business. You know, anytime your name's being mentioned, anytime you're on the NHL network like the game's going to be, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. There's just no way around that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I've thought about this only because, you know, I remember when the Devils left when I was uh, growing up. I don't think the Comets are going to leave. I think the Comets have done a really good job at least showing that people in Utica like hockey. I do think there's a real possibility, just because of the way it works, for them to change franchises, right? They, maybe they don't want to be with Vancouver anymore. They go, Poof, as I drop my soda on the table. Nice catch. That's not bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that there's a real, fa- I think there's a real chance that even if, they lost the Vancouver license, another team came in, people would still be behind the team. I think there is a real love of hockey here because I feel like I'm in the minority when I tell people <laughs> I don't like hockey that much, when I go around and talk to people in public. Yeah, it's definitely a hockey hotbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as an affiliation change, with no insider knowledge or anything that I can't really talk about, it's things have to line up perfectly. Sure. Yes, if a team's here, fine. Um from a fan viewpoint, the only teams that might possibly move, you got to remember, over 75% of the league has moved in the last three years. Right. And it seems like they're, they're content. Yeah. yeah, it's a business. Yeah. Right now, from an outsider, it looks like the Rangers and Islanders are the only teams you could possibly move. Mm. And both teams have been on record saying, and, and again, it's business. They're going to say whatever they need to say, but both teams are on record saying they're looking to do a long-term deal where they are now. So right, right. at that point, it's kind of, there is one more year left in the contract with the Canucks. Yeah. You know, Vancouver seems you, you pretty. Know. They seem pretty. Every time I like, they always promote the comment stuff. Whenever something yeah, happens, it seems like they seem pretty pleased with the the way it's gone so far. They, they were with, they were pleased when I was there. I know yeah. that. I know that for a fact. I I always thought about it just from a sports point of view. Like it's got to be weird to have your home base be on the other side of the country. Like just from a logistic standpoint, that always yeah. seemed weird to me. I was like, if it, you'd want it to be like another team, at least on the East Coast, right? Yeah, and there, you can make an argument both ways. Um, yeah. One of the downsides, too, is we don't really have an airport right here. So it's not That's like true. if they it's need a guy, yeah. like in Syracuse, yes, Tampa Bay is far away, but they're a five-minute right. ride, they're on a plane, they're gone. Yeah, you know, they're there. Uh, the the pro side of it is it's three hours backwards, so yeah. you're really time-traveling yeah. into a degree. So that helps, but it's also there's also no direct flight from Syracuse to Vancouver. So there's definitely, there's definitely challenges, but there's definitely... You know, on the flip side of things, if Vancouver does move west, now yeah. they're every night's in a hotel room. They yeah. lose. I think it was. I think when we did the number, it was like twenty five or thirty practice days. That mm-hmm. slows development. So it, it's kind of a, a pick and choose your battles kind of thing. Makes sense. Uh, so let me ask you this: um, 
I always ask everybody who comes in, I've had Gary Heenan come in here, I've had lots of hockey folks come in here over time, try and sell me on what I'm missing about why I don't like hockey as much as I should. <laughs> Is it because I can't ice skate? Is that probably part of it? Possibly. <laughs> I bet you if you win ice, have you been ice skating before? I'm, oh, I'm just not, I'm very not awkward. Good I'm yeah. one of those, like, I fall over just because. Kind of in general. Yeah, in my regular I, f- life. I feel like people go ice skating for the first time and they gain an appreciation for what mm. really is going on out there. But hockey, um, you got you got really the best parts of every sport out there: speed, mm. agility, roughness. Mm. Um, Soccer is a great game, but it's just it's slow. You know what I mean? So that's a uh, that's yes. a turnoff to a lot of people. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, not really cool. rough. So mm. it does have the speed. Of, um, the the endur- It doesn't have the endurance of soccer. I guess that'd be that'd be one drawback. I have I, I soccer is like my number one sport. Yeah, uh, it's I, easy to watch. <laughs> so here's the thing: when people say soccer is slow, I understand that, but it's timed, right? Sometimes sure. the games are slower because like, the teams aren't as good. Uh, I think that too. One of the things about soccer that's weird, and uh, I won't preach on it. <laughs> it took me a while to get into understanding what I was watching. Like if I watch a soccer game now, and I'm watching with somebody who doesn't watch soccer that often they'll be confused at why I'm getting excited for something, right? Like, I'll be like, do it, the pass! <laughs> like, the through ball! And they're like, what are you looking at? I'm like, no, he's right there! You, you can't see it! They're like, I don't see anything. I'm yeah. like, I know. So it, I think soccer is sort of has a weird learning curve with that. In American uh, attention yeah. span, too. you got to think, what's the most yeah. exciting thing in any American sport? Well, the buzzer beater. Yeah, or yeah, the yeah. play at the end. Mm-hmm. You literally almost can never have that in soccer unless you go to a shootout. Well, here's the thing with soccer, right? I think the other thing that's crazy about soccer with that is a lot of people don't like the low scoring, right? However, as you get into it, what becomes weird is how much impetus like rests on one goal. Yeah. Right? Like it's it'll be cra- it's it's hard to describe in like any scenario, but like uh, so let's say Liverpool's playing Manchester City, right? And they're it's 1-0 in the 80th minute. They're going to they're not going to get any points out. Same hockey scoring system, 3-1-0, yeah. right? All of a sudden, a game where they're losing and they're getting killed to the 90th minute, they get a goal at the end to tie it. Suddenly, it doesn't... Like, it shifts the whole momentum. Now they didn't lose any points. Now they both tied. Nothing happened. Like, and it's all because, like, it doesn't happen. It's weird to describe. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to, I'm, I'm losing the train of thought. But <laughs> And then you throw aggregate scoring in there, and it's, well, that's it's, only, it's confusing that's only a lot of tournaments. That's, yeah. that's, again, it's very confusing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that soccer has a big learning curve. Yeah. One of the things that I... I always go to bat for hockey with this one thing, and maybe you can agree with me or disagree with me, but I think that to really enjoy soccer or hockey, you have to go to see it live because of all the sports, I think hockey suffers the most from translation to television. And the crazy thing is, I agree with you, and the crazy yeah. thing is, I think hockey is the sport that has benefited the most from high-definition TV. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can see the puck now. Absolutely. But yeah. I think what, what you can't, Okay, it's weird when I'm sitting in the stands and even like watching like a Utah college hockey game, right? You don't notice how fast the game is when the camera is panning back and forth with it. It's something yeah. about the way the game. Like, <laughs> you don't realize how fast they're actually going, how much like speed and athleticism is involved until you're in the arena and you actually see it in yeah. person. And that doesn't translate as well for me. And especially on TV too. Like hmm. if there's a, a penalty kill, you know, e- even if if you're watching the game, you don't understand penalty kill. Like you're speaking Spanish and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're teaching French. Yeah. Um, on TV, you oh cool, penalty's over, big deal. Yeah, yeah. But in the, in the game, you you don't know what happened. The penalty kill happened. The rest of the crowd's going nuts. Yeah, you yeah. feed off of that. Like oh, you yeah. have to get up and cheer. Mm-hmm. Like for sure, for sure, you got to be in the arena. 
I was uh, I was doing my journalistic uh, deep dives in all your social media accounts so I could get some stuff to talk to you about. I did <laughs> notice you had a Hartford Whalers jersey on. Is that yes. your is that your team? Or well, well they're not, even not anymore. I know for yeah, twenty yeah. years. I think I just think it's an unbelievable logo and <laughs> there's a little cult following behind it. And well, because I, I always think of mall rats. There's like here's that oh, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hartford the <laughs> whale. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's a really fringe. <laughs> yeah, that's a fringe sorry. reference. Sorry. That's a good one. Um, it's yeah, I think. Uh, that's the one thing that I think hockey has going for any sport. The jerseys are top level. Oh, yeah. Like of all, I can wear a soccer jersey. Uh, a lot of people won't wear them because they have all the advertising on them. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm not wearing a baseball jersey in public because they're yeah. like super long. They go past your knees. It's super awkward. And I'm not in quite the physical shape <laughs> to wear a basketball jersey that you I once both. may have been. In. Yeah, <laughs> you and I both. Uh, Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on. I do want to do a quick lightning round with you before you leave, if you're Absolutely. prepared for it. Wonderful. Uh, Mark Caswell, these are the same five or six questions we've asked everybody who's been on the show for the last 40, 50, 60 episodes. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> and we'll start here. When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I don't drink coffee. No coffee. Monster Energy drinks zero oh. calories. Zero oh, calories, zero I can't sugar. do it. I can't do it. I can't do warm drinks. No, I, really? Is that I can't what? do warm drinks. <laughs> you're the first. Usually if I don't get coffee, I get tea. I get tea people on here. <laughs> Most people are black coffee people on this show. I don't know what that says about anything. People love black. I don't know. I would do Utica coffee if I tried, though. Well, How about that? <laughs> I love it. Frank, he's plugging you for free here. Very good. Uh, what was your first automobile? It was a 1990 Cadillac DeVille. You had a 1990 Cadillac. That was your first car. And I drove it to Proctor. <laughs> wow. Jeez, man. Uh, did they steal your, your thing in the front? Mm, I don't know, the, think the hood so, ornament? No. I feel like I would have done that at Proctor yeah. back in the day. You said a caddy? I'm taking it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you may or may not have taken your 1990 Cadillac to build see it. What was your first live music event? Oh, Collective Soul in Vermont. Ooh, Collective How about Soul. That one, huh? <laughs> it was a free concert at, at my dad's work party. Oh, I'm trying to think. What was the, what's the one. Collective Soul Slinger, I used to, I used to, is it Heavy? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, uh, they got uh, a couple of They them. got a couple. I, they're one of those bands, uh, I always said this about Pearl Jam, because when I got into Pearl Jam, I said this. It's, you don't realize how many songs of theirs you know until yeah. you hear it and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that makes one. sense. I know that one. I think Shine sense. is another one. Shine. Yeah, Shine, one. yeah. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Oh, uh, deep into Black Mirror. I, uh, you know what? I So I was into Black Mirror early when the first season and second season was on Netflix. And I just sort of jumped off it because I had other stuff. And now I feel like I'm totally behind because everyone loves it. <laughs> i got to catch up on like three seasons now. Oh, it's, Yeah, I just dived into it two weeks ago. I think i got like three episodes left of season yeah. four. I'm like, oh, man. The season four is apparently very divisive. People are very up yeah. and down on it. Um, I just watched the one Jodie Foster directed. Is it the Metalhead one? Is that, the, is that the one with the dogs? Don't spoil anything. No, no, I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. I'm just trying to... Yeah, it's, yeah. um... Oh, man. Archangel. That is the one she Okay, does. Archangel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what it is? It's odd that I haven't watched them all because I am such a huge mark for the Twilight Zone. Like, I love Rod Serling. I love the Twilight Zone. I I can't believe that it's You're not You're a throwback. I, I'm wrestling. Buzz, You're retro. I'm an old man. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not... Your relative. Who would it be Ooh. and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, the family and friends part always throws people off. Yeah. How about uh, Stephen King? Ah, I think he's an got an choice. interesting mind that would create unparalleled conversations. 
when we finish this interview, because I've told the story so many times I can't tell it again, <laughs> remind me to tell you about the time that I met Stephen King and I scared him. Uh, I have a Stephen King tattoo, and I showed it. It's a long story. I, I, I'll tell you after the show, but I've told the story many times. Yeah. I creeped him out. It was, a, it was a great moment. Apparently some of his books have are based off of his experience in Utica. So, That's what I've heard. All right, so I looked this up as a fanboy. Uh, there's about six or seven books, I think, that reference Utica in one way or another. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, which I talked to him about, which creeped him out, which is what we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a positive conversation. It was not a positive conversation. Um, he did sign my tattoo. Uh, so, and then last, last but not least, um, besides Stephen King, besides Cadillac's Bills, besides hockey, besides sports, give me one more thing that you, Mark Caswell, are passionate about. Golf. Golf. For You're sure, golfing. yeah. Mm. Over the last three or four years. I think uh, I think the summer, well, last summer I qualified for an amateur tour, so nice. I think this summer I'm going to take advantage of that. Ah, so we'll see, see. I like the idea of golf because I like to go golfing, but I um, am not good. I, I think that... <laughs> It's like bowling, right? Sometimes I'll ha- I'll have a great drive or a great trip. I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. This is easy. I got this. There's now. always that one shot. Yeah, and then after that, I'm like, I don't know what I did again. Yeah. I can't do it again. And uh, so last place on earth where it's okay to turn your cell phone off and not just disappear. Oh, I mean, man. I, yeah. I try to turn my cell phone off as often as possible. That's yeah. why everyone hates me. Um, Mark, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, thanks for joining. Talking about hockey. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, yeah. Best of luck, man. I love talking to you. All right, folks. Back in just a moment. didn't do history lessons, but these are good history lessons this week. Are they? Yeah, no, they're good. We okay. got a lot to talk about. And a lot of it, and if it makes you feel any better, a lot of it has to do with wrestling. Okay? So, let's get into it. Uh, number one, on this day, January 23rd, 1957, uh, the Whammo Toy Company rolled out the first batch of their aerodynamic plastic disc, now known to millions of fans all over the world as Frisbees. Frisbees. Yes, Frisbees. Do you know where the Frisbee name originated from? Uh, no. All right, so uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, William Frisbee opened the Frisbee Pie Company in 1871. It was an actual pie stand. And students from the nearby university would throw the empty pie tins at each other like a bunch of idiots, because that's what people did when there was nothing going on. and just made games out of nonsense. Uh, and it sounds so bad. They would yell, Frisbee! And they would go, uh... It, was in, it wasn't until 1958, though, a year after the toy's initial release by the Whammo Company, that, uh, that it became a huge selling item and a huge pop culture uh, phenomenon. Uh, Whammo was also famous for the hula hoop, the Super Bowl, and, of course, the slip and slide. That's crazy. Yeah, Whammo toys, man. They were out there. Uh, <laughs> you know about Ultimate Frisbee? We you know about Ultimate Frisbee. I know all about Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah, it's a cross between football, soccer, and basketball. It was invented by high school students in Maplewood, New Jersey. There you go. <laughs> and then in 1970, uh, Frisbee golf was invented, and I think it all kind of went downhill from there, right? I, you know what? I went, I played an impromptu game of Frisbee golf once at Whitestown Park with a couple of friends one day. Yeah. We were out there, like, in the park, just... Back when you're, like, young and you don't really have anything to do, like, and it's just the summertime, we were out there hanging out at the park. 
started throwing it around. We had a really good time just sort of picking like obstacles. Like, all right, that's the next one. That's yeah, cool yeah. too. And it was all right, some hybrid game. But um, it's crazy. There's like whole leagues now for I people. S- I think a big problem is that I suck at frisbee. I'm just not good. I at buy it. that. I'm not. It I doesn't. Buy make, that. It all doesn't the, seem like the type of thing it, that you. I got bad vision. It doesn't move in like any like, predictable <laughs> direction. I got bad hands. I'm not coordinated. There's a lot of things that go wrong with frisbee for me. Um, I'll stick to like soccer, <laughs> punching bags. <laughs> soccer and punching bags. Sports I'm good at. Uh, all right. On this day, January twenty second, nineteen seventy three, in Kingston, Jamaica. The then 24-year-old George Foreman pulls off a stunning upset, defeating reigning heavyweight champion Joe Frazier in 4 minutes and 35 seconds to win the heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, what's crazy about this is that even though Foreman was 6'3 and 218 pounds, 4 inches taller than Frazier, he was actually like a 3-1 to one underdog. He uh, At the time, Foreman had also won his 37 last fights, 34 of them by knockout. That's how much respect Frazier had. Like, they didn't care that this kid was a juggernaut. They're like, nah, Frazier's the incumbent. Matter of fact, this was actually all supposed to be steps for Frazier to get back to another rematch uh, with Muhammad Ali. Uh Uh, However, George Foreman roared out in front of the first round of their fight, uh, and in a minute 35 into the second round, uh, uh, the bout was called for George Foreman after he utterly destroyed Joe Frazier. It was embarrassing. Um... This led to, obviously, uh, 1973 in January. I'm sorry, this led to the Rumble in the Jungle afterwards. However, all right, let me get back up for a second. This fight, (laughs) Frazier, Foreman, was the first boxing match broadcast on HBO, which became, like, the home for boxing for many years. And, like, to this day, I still sort of associate HBO with boxing. Sure. Because Jim Lampley's there and, like, like, my favorite boxing voices. Celebrated announcer Howard Cosell called the match for TV, making one of the sport's most memorable calls when he repeated, Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. It's not a great Howard Cosell. Um, yeah, but uh, it was after this that Foreman went to fight the Rumble in the Jungle. That's what I was getting for, which he would lose to Muhammad Ali uh, in, in that fight. So there you go. George Foreman was my grandfather's favorite boxer, so I always have like a soft spot for him, but that's about all I ever think of. I was associated with my grandpa. Like a big, sort of soft guy. <laughs> I don't know. I like boxing. Yeah. All right. This this is a weird one. We're going to get off on something here about wrestling for a minute, guys. So just get ready for it. On this day. Strapped in. January 23rd, 1984. Hulk Hogan becomes the first wrestler to escape the camel clutch, the signature move of the reigning WWF champion, the Iron Sheik, as he defeated him to win his first WWE title at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Um, this is like two years before I was born, almost like within like a couple weeks. Right. Uh, I always think it's funny that like Hogan was already the champion when I was born, and then when I grew up, he was still like my favorite wrestler. Yeah, Hulk Hogan was a really like little kid thing in yeah. my life. Like when I was a really really young kid, and I associate Hulk Hogan more almost with the eighties than the nineties. Yeah, know, even still, yeah, it's like true. being. Hmm. You know, that was, like, one of the first things, probably four and five, watching with, like, older cousins. Uh, So one month earlier, uh, in December, the Iron Sheik uh, had defeated celebrated champion Bob Backlund in a controversial match, ending Backlund's six-year championship reign, which, if you know anything about wrestling now, that's insane. They would never leave the belt on somebody for six years. That's crazy. Uh, Backlund was injured, so Hulk Hogan, born Terry Jean Balea, was given his spot. Uh... (laughs) Six foot eight, three hundred pounds, long blonde hair. 
Hogan entered the ring to his theme song at the time the Survivor hit Eye of the Tiger from Rocky III and electrified the Garden crowd. Uh, he was actually one of the first wrestlers to use, like, theme music, which is something, again... Seems like a no-brainer. Seems like a no-brainer now. Like, every wrestler has, like, their own, like, personalized theme music. But in sure. 1984, he was one of the few guys who was coming out to music. And actually, I read his biography years ago, and they said that it was, like, palpable, the difference that the audience felt once the music came on. Otherwise, just a mm. guy walking down the ramp. Uh, in classic Hulk Hogan fashion, the bout was over very quickly in less than five minutes, and Hogan was the new champion. Uh, this led to Hulkamania, which was pretty crazy. Like, everyone knows who Hulk Hogan is. Hulk Hogan, when we say that Hulk Hogan is, like, the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling, it's really just because even now if I ask my like my kids at school Hulk Hulk, who Hulk Hogan is, yeah. they'd probably know, right? Like, even somehow. I don't know how. He just transcends the pop culture. Well, it was, it was, it was a different time. Mm. It's tough for any one person or one thing to get at to get over with the entire culture like that because everything's more fragmented. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of a right time, right place. You couldn't really do it that way now. Same thing with you know Babe Ruth back when Babe Ruth was Babe Ruth. You know what I mean? Like it was really at a certain time somebody comes along and sort of catches that right thing and transcends it. And like everything's the perfect storm. Yeah, and I think that it's it's crazy now that because of like circumstances he's pretty much not allowed on to WWE TV no anymore. he's a horrible he's a, he's a bad human horrible, being horrible man but I mean all these wrestlers especially these guys from the 80s these no. lunatics that were like just subsisting on vodka and cocaine and steroids for an entire decade and I mean, concussions like real talk there's a Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy within five feet of us right now like Hulk Hogan was a big deal for me growing up and the fact that like he is like persona non grata and deservedly so was like weird for a while it's like man that's tough right like i had this guy's pajamas and now he's like a scumbag like a notorious scumbag right it's just weird it's like owning an oj simpson jersey before he you know <laughs> killed anybody right it's weird yeah. right uh maybe not to that extent however I, I i gotta jump off on a tangent here about hulk hogan earlier this week are we not already off on a tangent this is a different this is a different tangent it's a second or a sub tangent yeah yeah <laughs> Legendary WWE legend Hulk Hogan expressed confidence Wednesday that he'd be successful if he ever decided to enter politics. Hogan oh was asked. Oh my god. Hogan was asked. Stop giving these people air. <laughs> like, stop interviewing these people. Stop giving them microphones. Hulk Hogan was asked about running for United States Senate by TMZ Sports after Republican strategist Roger Stone reportedly urged him to run. Oh, Jesus Christ. While Hogan said he has currently no interest in running, he added. If I run, I'll win, brother. He didn't say brother, but you know he, he meant to. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't. We have no need for Hulk Hogan's big old immobile <laughs> ass in the United States Senate. Um, so especially if Roger Stone's trying to drag him out there. Now on a different wrestling tick, and again, just to stay again on wrestling for one more minute tonight, as we're filming this, is the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw on television. And if you want an actually interesting wrestling thing that's going on today, go look up all the good articles that people have been writing about Monday Night Raw. Which, whether you like wrestling or not, it's fascinating that a television show has been on for 25 years and well, running like this. The, when, when they debuted, you know, Monday Night Raw, when we were kids, that sort of invented, like, when everybody now thinks of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Whether you watch, whether you don't watch, whether you used to watch, whether you know somebody, you know... What you think of when you think of wrestling, like on at night, on every week like that, yeah, yeah. is what Monday Night Raw invented. So, yes. I mean, Monday Night Raw really is the beginning of modern, you know, yeah. professional wrestling. The beginning of the post-Hulk Hogan era, as a matter of fact, also for the true. WWE, if you're all going to tie this around. So, yeah, Raw 25. Do you think Hogan's going to show up for Raw 25? Oh, man, no chance. <laughs> no chance. No chance. That's what he's got. 
no chance in hell. So Sorry. you had it. Um, you had it, and you had to keep going. <laughs> it was. Uh, all right, let's move on from that. Uh, we did. We went a long time, and that's all. Skip past the Unabomber, but that was this week. December twenty second, nineteen. Did you watch that show? You got to watch the no. Unabomber show on Netflix. Uh, Manhunt. I Parkinson really likes it. He, that's why yeah. I watched it. He yeah. because it's only like maybe six episodes, so it's mm. not crazy. Um, it was really interesting because everybody knew the Unabomber from like when we were kids, but mm. it was interesting to get like a real look with adult eyes at the whole thing. Mm. Uh, he was arrested today, nineteen ninety eight, uh, accepting a life sentence in prison without the possibility of parole in return for a plea of guilty to all federal charges. Uh, though he later attempted to withdraw his guilty plea, arguing it had been involuntary. Nah. He's currently remanded to a maximum security prison in Colorado, where he is serving a life sentence. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. All I really remember was the picture. Like, the famous picture of like him with the, with the hood on and the sunglasses, looking like Weird Al Yankovic a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Which is crazy, because that was... Um, there's a whole thing about that picture. I didn't know until I watched that show, yeah. but that was, like, the wrong picture. <laughs> the famous picture of him isn't even the actual, like, sketch of him. It's just a... <laughs> Miscommunication in the media. It's a whole thing. You should watch it. It's interesting. Uh, and last but not least, this is a sad one. December 22nd, 2008. Uh, Hollywood, Ledger, or Hollywood young actor Heath Ledger dies of accidental prescription drug overdose. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, best known for his Academy Award-nominated turn in uh, the acclaimed Brokeback Mountain, 2005. He was a former child actor who first became known to American audiences in the 1999 teen comedy Ten Things I Hate About You, which is a movie I actually really, you really love like. that movie. I do like we that. We talked about that movie every day for like a week. Love Julia Stiles back then. Uh, big fan of pre-fame JGL or Justin Gordon Levin before he got over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Larissa Olenek, who used to be Alex, Alex Mack. Mack. Yeah, she was all right in that. It's not a, it's not a bad movie. It's a hit. Um, he was also. Uh, in the movie The Patriot in 2000, he was in... I think The Patriot is all right. Yeah. The Mel Gibson Revolutionary yeah. War movie, it's it's heavy-handed in the way that Braveheart is like, you better have four hours. Yeah. I like The Patriot. Uh, he was in Monster's Ball. Uh, he was in A Knight's Tale and Four Feathers. A Knight's Tale is a super underrated movie. Which is crazy. Watch a Knight's Tale. Because apparently that was like his first critical flop. Like critical and commercial flop. I can see. it was a It's a weird movie. Yeah. Like it's... That was very strange. But uh, it's good. And then, of course, in 2007, uh, right before the end, he was really kicking on a big uh, professional like professional kick. He was doing uh, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassius, uh, which he didn't finish. That was, Parnassus. The new, that was the Terry Gillum movie. Uh, he did the Todd Hayes, I'm Not There, Bob Dylan movie. Just tell them what they want to hear. And then, of course, he recently finished tell them um, everybody wants The Dark Knight, the latest Batman film at the time, uh, where he played the Joker, won Academy Award. I, I was only thinking about it after we talked about 10 Things I Hate About You. It's really... I would have loved to see what the rest of his career would have been like. That's one of the things that's Such sad a shame. when... Like, when you lose... I mean, any kind of, you know... When you don't know somebody and they pass away, you can only get so sad about it, I feel like, with different, like, mm-hmm. celebrities and artists. But it's tough when somebody's younger because just like, you know, when you lose somebody in your life and you're like, man, I wish they could... I wish I could be with them to see what develops and they could be here for all of it. It's the same thing with an actor like that. You feel like that guy was probably going to be in a lot more great movies, yeah. including another great Batman movie. I feel yes. like they would have made another sequel with him in it and with Tom Hardy as Bane, and I'd yeah, be watching it right now for yeah. the 500th <laughs> time. million time. Uh, all right, little tech corner here. We're going to focus on... Ooh, the, tech corner. Yeah, little fo- the focus. We need it. a bumper music like tech corner and like a little button we hit. <laughs> Do we have... Where's the soundboard? Do you want to use the soundboard? It's a, it's a white noise machine, so like, here's the tech corner. Nature sounds. <laughs> yeah. um, so, 
Amazon Go open, is open today, their prototype store. What do you know about Amazon Go before I dig into this a little bit? Uh, only what I can see on your phone that you're holding. All right, it is a brand new, no cash, no credit card, no convenience store of the future. Uh, so the idea is you download an app, the Amazon Go app. You go to the Amazon Go store, and every move you make in the store is tracked and analyzed in real time. So if you pick up a bag of chips and put it in your bag, they've tracked it and analyzed it. You did that. You walk out the door. You don't cash out. You don't do anything because the minute you pick up the item and put it in your bag and scan it, it's in there, and you just walk out and leave. No lines, uh, nothing else. You just sort of walk in, walk out, buy what you want, and the app tracks it. You get a charge later. Um... It's full of hundreds of cameras, convenience store stuff, Whole Foods stuff, no checkout. Uh, there are guards on premises for alcohol and things like that. No shopping carts, no baskets. Uh, great for impulse purchases, terrible for Big Brother fans. What are your thoughts, Amazon Go, the store? Um, no. <laughs> Not into it. I mean... Too, who needs that? This who, who is so weighed down by the... By the small, small task of just going, you know, give give the person your cash, check out, ring out. No, I'm not. No, absolutely, I'm not into it. Because you're one step away from putting a chip in somebody where they just scan you and all your money's on the chip I mean, that's in your hand. No, Black Mirror. I'm saying we're it's coming. I this I realize. So like when I was young, I was always somebody who was like I was you know progressive and like forward thinking with technology. Like, but I'm gonna hit a wall. I can already tell it. I'm gonna be that old man who's like. Yelling at the clouds and telling the kids they're wrong for the technology. I've got a line. Because the technology that we thought about as kids was, like, mm. flying cars, right? That's what we thought was going to be. Like, we didn't think right. of... Like, our idea of what technology in the future was going to be did not include cell phones and the internet the way that we it is now, right? Like, when we were younger. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. we thought no, about, I know what like... You mean. Yeah. You mean because even if you go like watch the Jetsons or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. They have like video calling. It's not called that, right? They have right. like face. Yes. Ch- it's just yes. not the future we were presented is not what we got. This is the future, right? Like this is the kind of stuff that we were asking for. Like you walk into a store, just read all your stuff. You walk right out. It's like utopian society. Blah blah blah. It just seems no. weird now in hindsight. It's too. I don't want it. It's too like being tacked and chipped and and, mm. and you know tracked. I'm no. I'm not into it. Staying with Amazon, they have narrowed down their list of potential cities for their second headquarters last week down to 20 candidate, uh, candidates. Um, however, a lot of people are really saying that it's probably down to about five. You ready to hear the five? Sure. Number one, and the favorite apparently, is Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, number two, Raleigh, North Carolina. Three, Washington, D.C. Four, Boston, Massachusetts. Five, Austin, Texas. Uh, of those five, I would hope for Atlanta, D.C., or Raleigh, I feel like Boston would be insufferable if they got it. <laughs> if they're just like, yeah, we got Amazon, bro. They, just, <laughs> they got everything. Like, they'd, be, they'd be Harvard and Amazon together at last with the Red Sox. It's too much. I don't want it. Oh, man. Austin, it would just be like, it's too obvious. Just a bunch of hipsters down there, right? Just the Austin hipsters. It's not. It's, yeah, it's going to be too hot going forward. I'm not building in Texas if I'm Amazon, I don't think. I like Atlanta, though. Atlanta's city on the rise, I feel like. City on the rise. Out of those five, Atlanta's probably probably the one I would pick if I were Amazon. Raleigh just seems like a place, and I hope there's no Raleigh listeners you met, where you just listen to Dave Matthews all the time. This is all you do is just sit by the... By wildly the, baseless. <laughs> <laughs> Completely and then, baseless. And D.C., I feel like you're just too close to... Too much. Too much already, going on they already got enough no going DC. on in there. Uh, yeah, so I'll take Atlanta for the win. Uh, all right, I'm we'll, also not really comfortable with, like, 
richest man in the world megacorp taking over everything with androids in your house and a chip implanted in your brain moving in next door to the Capitol building. <laughs> Seems a little, a little too close for comfort. So, uh, yeah, it's fair. It's a fair point. It's just too much. It's too much. Stay out of D.C., man. I've been to D.C. recently. It's nice, but just... Put it in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's I've heard Pittsburgh and Philly are also on the Pittsburgh. list. Put it on the Great Lakes. Not Will they pollute? They'll probably... Of course they'll yeah. pollute the Great One Lakes. One of the issues is they want to be on the East Coast, and they don't know if, like, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh... Pittsburgh's not far. It's not far, right? That's... Uh, yeah. So, uh, a lot of talk about the SAG Awards this weekend. We had the Golden Globes. Was Oscars. There? Well, it was this weekend. What are the we SAG Awards? Uh, Screen Actors Guild. Huh. That was yesterday, but it was during the football games. So nobody cared. Okay. Uh, but those are all going on. Oscars are coming up. What we did not talk about, however, is uh, the Razzies, which are the opposite of the Oscars. Those nominations came out this week. Are you ready to hear the five worst movie nominations of the year? Uh, nominations, worst movie, five. Five I'm ready. I'm always ready. You want to predict one? Any predictions for worst movie of the oh, year? I feel like people were very upset about the Emoji movie this year. <laughs> yeah, it's on the list. Like people were yep. very upset about that. Yep. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that people were really... Did something that Gerard Butler was in, maybe Geostorm? No, Geostorm, I think, is too late. It's maybe next year's. Right? Okay, <laughs> okay. All right, so here you go. The Baywatch movie, which people hated. Oh. Uh, the Emoji movie. It was probably bad. Fifty Shades Darker, the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy, which, God, I hope that's it. I hope that's the winner. Oh. And then Transformers The Last <laughs> Night. Mind you, the Transformers movies are running away with the Razzies this year. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. If you had to watch one of these five movies, Baywatch, Emoji, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, or Transformers, what do you watch? Oh, Baywatch, man. I feel probably. Like, right? It's got The Rock. I tell you what, I might I might watch The Mummy. Might watch The Mummy? I might have to. I got to see. I have to see what they're doing. Uh, Tom Cruise also up for Worst Actor because of his portrayal. Thanks, God. I really movie. don't like him too much, though. And Russell Crowe, Worst Supporting Actor for The Mummy. And Worst Supporting Actress from The Mummy, some lady I don't know. Well, they're really going in hard. Okay, so this is a great category, though, and I wish that they would do this in the actual Oscars. It's called Worst Screen Combo. Are you ready for the nominees? Any combination of two characters, two sex toys, or two sex positions. Fifty Shades of Grey. That's one. <laughs> That's one of the options. Any combination of two humans, two robots, or two explosions. Transformers, The Last Night. <laughs> Any two obnoxious emojis. The Emoji Movie. Johnny Depp and his worn-out drunk routine for Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and Tyler Perry and either the ratty old dress or worn-out rig from Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. This is a great category. Worst on-screen combo. I would like, I would be more interested in award shows if they were giving more interesting awards. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, make point. up some interesting categories. Make up some, some different uh. stuff. All right, we've gone a little long, so I'm not going to talk about the 50-cent Ja Rule feud that's heated up again for the first time since we were younger. I was on 50's side. You're on 50's side as Every, well? Yeah, everybody. No one's on Ja's side, right? Ja Rule's a sad, sad man. Uh, I had a whole list of like celebrity feuds, but I'm not, I don't really want to go through them. We're just going to ignore them. Okay. All right, so two last things. Here's an interesting one. I didn't know this was a thing. Did you know that Ford motor cars are no longer going to be producing sedans? What? Yeah, yeah. The company is responsible for launch. The company responsible for launching the modern car making era uh, will pivot away uh, from being a full line automaker, shrinking its passenger car lineup and shifting only to low volume, high margin models. Uh, years of coming up short uh, on low held profit margin targets uh, basically means they're going to reorient the company around lucrative sport utility vehicles and pickups, uh, and plus play catch up on the trends that are sweeping the, sweeping the auto industry. Uh, that's wild. It's wildly to me, disappointing. To think isn't about, it? 
I, I maybe not. I mean, not necessarily disappointing. It's you know a lot of people make great sedans, but like. It's interesting to see if that includes their stuff like their Mustang and things like that. I bet you I guess, not. No, because Mustang's a coupe. It's two doors. Yeah, no, but no, um, no. if that means if that means that they'll put out a more affordable base model SUV style thing, mm. you know what I mean? Mm, Something that maybe doesn't have yeah. all the luxury that they because I love SUVs. Mm. You know, my first car was an Explorer. You remember that truck? I've always liked love SUVs. That yeah, truck. But they, you know, once gas got so expensive, they started chasing the luxury, and now they've kind of priced out a lot of people. Because you're paying for a bunch of luxury that I don't necessarily care about. You know what I mean? I don't care if it's got, like, you know, some really fancy interior and all these little gadgets. I just want a truck that size that's yeah. all-wheel drive that, you know, has covered back that I can throw stuff in. And if they make a more affordable model like that, then I wave goodbye to the sedans. Mm. But I've driven some really great Ford cars, so that's a shame to see. Those Ford Fusions are nothing to laugh at. All right, last but not least before we close up. Ford's going to stop making cars. It's, weird. it's crazy. It's super weird. Um, all right, last but not least, this is my Reddit find of the week. Maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't. It's been going around on the R Movies subreddit. Uh, it was a casting list from Back to the Future for potential scientists that eventually went to Christopher Lloyd. Have you seen this at all? I have. I saw that. All right, so a couple people I thought were on the list that were interesting I figured we could talk about. What about Jeff Goldblum? Would Jeff Goldblum have been a better doc from Back to the Future than Christopher Lloyd? Uh, He'd be a very different character. It's it's almost impossible with something like Back to the Future because it's such like a it's such an iconic thing that it's one of those things where it's impossible to picture somebody else and like arbitrarily say See, what they would have done. I'll say this: John Lithgow is on this list as well, and I don't think that if you put Lithgow in the movie, it's that much of a different portrayal. No, I hate, I, I hate John Lithgow. You don't like Lithgow? No, he's oh, terrible. Man, I like Lithgow. He's a good actor. He's terrible. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Robin Williams? He was on the list. Uh, too much, right? Too, a little too sticky. Uh, John Cleese was on here. Gene... Don't, I don't even know who that is. You don't know John Cleese? Monty hey, Python? If I, if I saw him, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, Mandy Patinkin, Mickey Rourke, Gene Hackman. Oh, no. What? Uh, Charles Grodin. How about Gene Wilde? Yo, I hate Charles Grodin. You hate Charles Grodin? Why? It's awful. Did you ever see Midnight Run? What? With him and De Niro? It's like the first like buddy movie, buddy uh, action movie. Maybe. I don't like Grodin. He's rough. So I probably avoided it. Yeah, Gene Wilder on the list. Again, a little bit too much with the Willy Wonka type thing, I feel like, if you go with him. But you would, I love Gene Wilder. Big fan of Gene. He's not as lovable as Christopher Lloyd. He's a little creepy. And no, he's just a little more distant. He's a little cold. Gene Wilder keeps you at arm's length. What about Randy Quaid? <laughs> Shitter's full. All right, uh, let me see. Bill Cosby, Eddie Murphy. Ooh, Bill Cosby, not so great, probably. Uh, John Candy, I would have loved it, but nah. No, nah. I can't see that. Uh, how about last one but not least, James Woods. He'd be like a jerk. Be a, I hate James Woods, too. I hate James Woods the worst. Oh. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, I think it was the right call. Um, all right, so I guess that's it. Uh, back to normal next week after the show was hijacked from me <laughs> by my Maiden Utica crew. Well, everybody you know. Everybody I know. Uh, thanks for watching the video if you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you for Do It For Utica weekend this Saturday, 27th. 12 to 4 p.m. MadeInUtica.com. Check it out. I cannot wait to see you folks there. Follow Kevin on Twitter, underscore Kevin Sullivan, or don't. You can just follow the show at Uticast, uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. Actually, I do post on there now on the R Utica subreddit. Uh, that's it. Uh, sign R Humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock Libs. Do it for Utica. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All I right. hit all the points. I think it's time to click that button. Boom. Thank you.